It's the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time once again to head over to the World News Center for a visit with Bill McCormick. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ryan. How are you this bright and wonderful day? I am feeling fantastic. (laughs) My back and legs do not hurt at all from shoveling six inches of snow because I am whacked to the gills on ibuprofen. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I can't take anymore. Yeah. You can't yeah, take you can't take the shoveling, or you can't take the uh, the ibuprofen. Can't take the ibuprofen. It uh, I had kidney failure because of that. So. Oh no! Yeah, so <clears throat> that was not fun. Well, I and will. Uh, things I want to do. Yeah, yikes! Yeah. Well, wow, we so, started off on a downer. Should we start over? No, no, no. Let's move right on to something good. Something Yay! Happy. Let's do it. All right, James Gunn, he was shooting uh, the final episode of The Peacemaker uh, for HBO uh, on television. Okay. And um, he um, got to the end of the show, and they wanted to do a scene featuring some of the cast from the Justice League, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. And he got a few of them together. He was able to put different people together at different times. But he, he ran out of time at the studio he was using, and he couldn't get Ezra Miller to play The Flash. <clears throat> So, and there's, since there's dialogue between the Flash and Aquaman in this scene, Flash is kind of important to have there. Okay. So, but he ran out of time in the studio, or in the studio he was shooting in, so that, you know, another production company was moving in, and he still hadn't got Ezra Miller because Ezra had just finished shooting the Flash and was off on a different project. So I don't know how he did this. You know, he put it up on Craigslist or something like that, but he needed to borrow a studio to shoot the Ezra Miller team. And Marvel called him and said, hey, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy filming over wherever the heck they were filming at. And he said, we've got a green screen room completely set up. Why don't you just come by with Ezra? We'll, you, we'll, we'll give you the camera people and everything. We'll shoot the whole thing for you. And then you can just cut it into your, into your show. Wow. So that's what, that's what they did. Um, he ended up taking his whole DC production over to Marvel Studios, shot the whole thing at Marvel, brought it back, edited in Ezra Miller talking to now talking to uh, Jason Momoa because now it made more sense instead of them just talking to the air, which is what they've been doing. Um, and he got the scene he wanted, and he got the whole thing he wanted, and it made a very powerful and impactful end to uh, the Peacemaker series. And um, not that they're going to make Peacemaker part of the Justice League because he's too nuts um, but uh, and not that bright. But uh, it made it for a really powerful ending, and they were able to do it. And the only way they were able to do it is that Marvel opened up their doors and said, yeah, come on over here. That's great. And do they want any of the back end, or they're just going to charge them for the studio time? Just to, just charge them for the studio time. Nice. And it turns out, <clears throat> I did not know this, but it turns out little things like this happen all the time, where if you if you run out of room where you're at, someone else will pick it up for you, and DC has picked up Marvel. Marvel's picked up DC. Uh, Disney picked up different people throughout the years. This is more common than not. Because um, these people, they're not angry at, you know, unlike the fans who are like, oh, we hate this, we hate that, or yeah. we hate those two things, but not this third one. Um, these people are all like, hey, man, we're just trying to make a living. Right. We're all trying to have, you know, trying to have some fun, put out some good quality product. And if you need a little help to make that happen, we're here for you. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's awesome to see some DC and uh, Marvel cooperation, which only sets the uh, sets it up for further uh, cooperation. Yeah, and you know, well, like I said, they've been doing this for years and help each other out on a variety of different things. I don't have any specific examples, 
But when I was talking to people, they're like, oh, yeah, this kind of thing happens all the time. Although it was a little weird to have a, it's usually like an extra character or something they just need to get weeded in. He said, a little weird having it be a major character like Ezra Miller's Flash, where, you know, it's, it's a prime character and it's an integral to the whole story. You know, they're not just putting up some background scenes. Right. Then people will say, well, couldn't you just shoot it on a green screen anywhere? And the answer is no, it has to be lit a certain way. They want to be shot with the same type of camera. You've got standard ones there. So it was great that Marvel already had a green screen studio set up and lit and ready to go. Yeah, and um, and you're right. Lighting is huge when you're getting into green screen. And so they had to match their lighting to the DC lighting, which, you know, I'm sure James Gunn brought over said, this is the path we were using for all our lights. And I said, right. okay, you know, dial that in. But, uh, yeah, you can't just walk into a room with a green screen and start shooting. Um, otherwise, it's going to look like, uh, uh, what was that, the, the Blob? Remember that show uh, from the 70s where the green screen was always shaky and distorted behind them? That was a lot of, uh, what, Sid and Marty Croft kid shows, too, was the, was the shaky green screen, Land of the Lost and H.R. Puffin stuff. Yeah, fun thing, uh, two years ago, I was doing conventions with the Land of the Lost cast. Really? Was was yeah, uh, just... was Sid and or Marty there? No, no, the, I think they're both dead now. Uh, but the, the the kids from the cast are now in their 40s and 50s. Sure. Um, so we were with them, and uh, really nice people. We had a great time. And they, they even brought out a sleaze jack, and they had all this stuff with them. So, you know, they went, they went all the way with it and argued with it. Well, I'm glad you had a positive uh, Land of the Lost experience. I was kind of young when that came on, so it actually did used to frighten me. Oh, I, I could see that. Those sleep acts were, uh, those were dangerous lizards, you know? That was, that was frightening for, for mid-70s. Yeah. So let's not frighten any more of the children that are listening today. Let's talk about something nice. Sure, for all Happy. those children who regularly tune into this segment. Hi, kids. Oh, yeah. Everyone nine and under, wave to the camera. Um <laughs> Wave to the radio. Okay, so Brighton UK just came out with something, and I think it's very cool. I'm hoping it catches on. Um, they're authorizing the homeowners to install bee bricks. Bee bricks? Bee bricks. What's a bee brick? It's kind of what it sounds like. It's a brick that's designed to attract bees. Okay. And because it attra- because it attracts solitary bees, they don't have a queen, they don't have a hive to protect, so they're not they're not vicious. They're just happy little bees. So you can bring children around them and it'll be safe. Um, but the reason they're doing this is because the bee population in England has dropped by 50% in the last just a few years. That's not good. Uh, no, it's not. So they're trying to attract bees to homes, and they've got they've got these little bee houses that you can just hang in your backyard if you don't want to do all the work of putting a brick in your home. Um, they got these little bee houses. They are not hives. They're designed to attract single bees. They're not designed to attract... Just a couple of types of bees. Um, they're, they're still pollinating bees. So if you had a pollinating a garden with lots of pollinating uh, plants in it, and you had some of these little beehive houses out there, it would attract the bees. They could live there. They could pollinate your plants. They could go around the neighborhood pollinating other plants. And because, like I said, they're all single bees, they're not protecting a hive. They're not trying. They're not going to get mad at you if, you if you walk too close. It's just like, hi, how you doing? I'm a bee. You know. How do you get very, these very... these loner bees that just want to uh, keep to themselves? Well, they're all over the place. Um, you know, it's just a matter of attracting them to your home. And so the, they're coming out with these things, and 
they've got a bunch of different stuff now that people can do to make uh, uh, you know the world a little better place. I suppose uh, they, you know, they've got uh, bee fr- like bee friendly gardens. They talk about uh, bird houses. There's a, a good thing to do if you can get a couple of those in in your home. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can see up on Amazon. If you look up Bee Brick, you'll find a bunch of stuff up there. Okay. Um, that, uh, but basically, the, right now, British wild bees are like a third of them left, you know, <laughs> compared to like 1980. And, the, and the, the numbers dropped almost by half since like 2010. Okay, here I go. So, bee Brick, great for garden lovers, design lovers, and nature lovers. The Bee Brick is an innovative nesting site for solitary bees. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a brick with a bunch of small holes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. And it's uh, yeah, I've seen videos of them. You know, some guy took some videos of them, and you can find them uh, online. But it's you can see like the bee goes in, and it like they said. One nice thing about it is. It's a warm, comfortable spot for the bees to live, so they're not out in the elements. So they can just go out when it's, you know, when it's not raining or whatever. Um, and they can, it helps them live a little longer. Yeah, and it helps them, the planet, get a little bit healthier. Oh, this and is it great. Bees, you know, all good things. I can't believe I've never heard of this. According to the National Wildlife Federation, that we're trying to attract orchard bees. Mm-hmm. Honeybees hole up in their hives on cold or rainy days, and orchard bees work willingly in bad weather. Well, how nice. Yep. So these are the cool yeah. bees. Right. These are the cool, these are the mellow bees. Yeah, laid back. Um, very nice. Yeah, it is. It's very nice. and it's Well, I have so a brick easy. home. Perhaps I will get a bee brick. Yeah, I mean, they're cheap. You know, they're, they're easy to install. You just pop out one brick, put a little cement around it, pop in a new one. And you're good to go. It's a nice, you know, nice little home project. And then you can show your kids the bees. I'm like, oh, look, loner bees can bring them. Well, that's um, it. And and you, you need to teach kids early. Not, you know, because when, you know, when I was a kid, bees, oh, my gosh, frightened bees, bees, they're going to get you run. And you need to teach, teach the kids, like, no, not all bees are bad. And these are the friendly bees that, that you want to have around. Right. When I was a little kid, my grandfather raised bees. And, um. He taught me early on a couple of tricks. Like, for one, how to stop a bee from stinging you. You just put your hand up so it thinks it's a solid object in front of you. Hmm. And two, two, if there, if it's a solo bee and it's just sitting on the ground, you can take your finger and pet it, and it will just let absolutely let you just pet it for a while. It'll be happy as, happy as can be. You can pet that bee. Really? It'll roll over for a belly rub? Not really roll over, no, but uh, it will. It'll, it'll hunker down to the ground. It'll... it'll Retract its legs so you can pet it easily without her harming it. Well, how nice. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. The wonderful world of bees. All right, well, if we can get uh, Bee Bricks as a sponsor, that'd be fantastic. Because, yeah, they're actually, you look at them, they kind of, you can get them in different colors. They blend in with your home, and, and you're doing a good thing. That's great. I'm going to look into that for sure. Yeah, it, They're not that expensive it, it, either. Looks like they're about uh, 20 25 bucks. Yeah, they, um... In England, they sell them a little bit cheaper because they're sponsored in part by the uh, uh, government. They're, okay. They're, they're supporting it. Um, but you can also get things like a bee bar, which is kind of what it sounds like, a little bar where bees can go and get a good drink uh, with sugar water, obviously, not you know, not alcohol. Right. Um, but um, there's all sorts of stuff that you can get. What you 
trying not to do is build a hive because hives right. require maintenance. And, you know, hives require maintenance, and they require some safety precautions, and you kind of need to wear a hazmat suit when you get near it. Right. You're not raising honeybees. You're trying to attract these orchard bees for for pollination. I love it. I love it. I can't believe I've never heard of that. But see, that's why I love this segment, because you are always finding new and fun things. Yep. Yep. We try. We we sit down here, and we go on this thing called the Internet, and we look things up, and it's fun. Oh, speaking of which, okay, so sometimes we have new and fun things, and sometimes we will say something seemingly so innocuous, yet I will get several emails, and I don't recall exactly what we said two weeks ago, but it was something about mask mandates, and I got 11 emails from one person who was just freaking out, so I thought, you know what, let's just cover ourselves, and uh, I'm going to run our uh, our standard apology. We are sorry. We now realize what we said, did, thought, felt, or smelled like was wrong. It was never our intent to offend you, steal from your culture, gross you out, make you uncomfortable, or give you the heebie-jeebies. Especially if heebie-jeebies sounds to you like code for an insensitive remark regarding your ancestry. We want you to know that we have reflected upon our actions, thoughts, or odors, and are fully committed to making sure that instances like this never happen again. Thank you for your forgiveness, compassion, indifference, or pity. We promise to do better. All right, I think we're covered. I think I think that got everything in the world. And we should also take a moment to note that the heebie-jeebies are a great band playing in and around the Chicago area. That's right. Uh, Ellis Clark and Ari Paloma. Is that it? Ari Paloma. Yeah. That's her. She's a wonderful person, by the way. She's, I've met her a couple times. She's just she's happy all the time. It's like almost annoying how happy she is. That's a great band. Yeah, my band, The Unswept, we've been on the same uh, bill with them a couple of times. You know, I just didn't want people thinking all the all the heebie-jeebies were bad. No, no, that's Some the good that's the good heebie-jeebies. If they go go see them if they're playing where you are. Yeah. Um, so next on our list is something completely different because we're we're just kind of going all over the place here today. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is coming out in May, and uh, they finally finally have wrapped everything up. They had to do some reshoots. They had to do some other stuff. And it was kind of looking like they might have to delay it because um, just because they were, you know, things were getting a little overboard. Um, but now they have it uh, pretty well tied up. It looks like they're on, they're on path, and I think May 6th is going to be the release date. Um, and while it was probably stressful for all involved, like, we're never going to get this done, oh, my God. Um, it's now, now it looks like it's on path to get, come out at the right time. Um but it's one thing I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "This is going to, this is almost going to have to be the last multiverse movie they do, because um, they did Spider-Man: No Way Home, and they got this thing. Because after that, if everything is a multiverse, then there are no more rules, there are no more characters. Because you can have evil Doctor Strange, you can have good Doctor Strange, you can yeah. have, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. You can, you can just everybody can be anything at any time. There's, there's no structure to it anymore, and. You know, it's like, this is fun to do as a kind of a thought experiment, but you need to put the brakes on it, you know? Um, I don't know. I'd watch a movie with evil Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, you're, you can, because he's in uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. 
So we got, we got you covered there. Um, no Namor in this one, though. But, uh, oh. you know, hey. Is there a crossover with Sinister Six? No, no. I, You know, I'm not really sure what they've got going on in this one. Um, other than what they've shown in the trailers, they've been really tight-lipped about what's going to happen in the movie. Uh, much like they were with No Way Home, you know. The, you walk into the theater and all of a sudden you're seeing stuff. It's like, wait, I didn't know they were going to do this. I didn't know they were going to do that. I, wow. I just they think they're putting all the Marvel characters up on a wall and they're throwing darts. I'm like, all right, he's in it, she's in it, he's in it, she's in it. And that may be it, because um, they've they've got the they've got a couple of like one of the monsters that hasn't been ever in a movie in Marvel. Uh, it's big in the comics in like the sixties and seventies, and now suddenly it's been brought back. And, and then they have they have to change its name. I forget why. Whatever the original name was became a copyright issue in different countries, and so they had to come up with a new name for it. And I was like, it was before the internet, so they didn't have the research available to them. To check, like, hey, has someone used this name before? You know, it looks like a silly name. We'll just use it. See what happens. Um, but um, they um, they've got this thing baked, and it's being edited right now. They've got a they've got a bunch of the CGI is uh, CG, excuse me, is already done. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. But like like my friends are saying, it's a, it has to be the last one because otherwise we're just throwing everything on the screen all the time, every day, and, and that gets boring after a while. But Oh, look, everybody's there. You know, um, you don't have a focus for the film. You don't have a focus for the for the story. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, that's kind of where they're at right now. Wouldn't it be crazy if they just went back and made really, really good films focusing on a couple of characters that are not origin stories? Oh, from your mouth, God's here. I would, I'm so... So would love that. Um, you know, you just know take I mean? a couple of them and, and place it, you know, just, I don't know, take one or two Avengers and place them in a story and, and go do something. You know, and I think that's why I liked the, the Hawkeye show when that was on uh, Disney Plus, because it was just Hawkeye and girl Hawkeye. And that was it. That's all you had to worry about. You know, they ran across the villains and did what they had to do. But the whole story was just these two people, you know, and, and all this stuff on uh, Disney Plus. Well, no, because, yeah, you, you try to cram as many characters as, as you have, so oh, so fans of each particular character will go to see it, but then you get, like, 11 minutes of screen time per character. If that. Yeah. If that. Uh, you know, I think that's why the, the Disney Plus stuff has done so well. Uh, WandaVision, it was Wanda and, and Vision. Wanda and Vision, that's WandaVision. Uh, you know, and then, um, Captain, you know, Hawk, or uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was just Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's Hawkeye right there in the Hawkeye title. Yep. You know, it, they were very, very contained shows, very easy to focus on the leads, easy to focus on the story. Um, a, lot, a lot more enjoyable. You know, I, I agree with you because it's just like, I don't need to see 200 characters. I mean, I, I enjoyed Spider-Man No Way Home, but that was different. Um, that was something that, they they put a lot of love into that, and uh, you know, bringing back characters that, that had been in different, like in the Sony universe and in different Marvel or different Spider-Man movies, going back you know twenty years to put all that together again to make this movie happen. That was that was a labor of love. That was a shout out to the fans. Like, hey, we got your back. We got we know you love this stuff. Here you go. Have a good day. And you can't walk out of that movie and feel bad. 
Well, that is a, that's a great place to stop there, Bill, because we're out of time. So let me get everything straight here. You go to worldnewscenter.org. You go to billmcsci-fi.com. You go to thebigwakeupcall.com. You got at Bill McSci-Fi. You got at Big Wake Up Call, the all-new Big Wake Up Call podcast with Ryan Gatenby. I think that covers it. Just, just Google us and you'll find us. Bill, thanks as always. We will uh, chat next time. Have a great day.